0: WGN. It's Andrea Darlis. I'm with you until 10 o'clock, and then Patty Vasquez will take over the reins here at 10 o'clock as well. Huge thanks to John Hansen, Jeremy Gorner, and Mays Jackson for being on our reporter panel tonight. Uh, we had a great time with them. We switch now to uh, the other side of the bar, if you will. I was calling this the trial of the century, only because I think it is. It's the trial of Hippocrates, a mock trial sponsored by the National Hellenic Museum. It's the sixth time we've done this, and I can say we because I've moderated this event for several years. I was I was a juror, but I graduated to moderator thanks to Helene. Uh, but I want to introduce you to everybody involved with the National Hellenic Museum's sixth annual trial series event. This is the trial of. Hippocrates. So we got a big room full of people here. You're about to hear some of the biggest names in Chicago in law and with regard to the Hellenic Museum as well. Uh, So Dr. Laura, why don't we start with you and then we'll go around and everybody will introduce themselves and then we'll talk about your roles in this trial, which is not to be missed. It's open to the public. Tickets are on sale. If you want to see a really cool, fun event, I promise you this will not disappoint. So let's go ahead and begin.
1: Well, I'm Dr. Laura Kalamos. I'm the president at the National Hellenic Museum. This is by far my favorite thing to do uh, throughout the year. You know, part of what we do as a museum is educate people. But to take history and add a little bit of legal debate and put it on stage, we don't know what's going to happen. But you're going to come out feeling smarter and understanding a little bit about Greek history and a lot about debate.
0: It combines A little bit of everything, Greek mythology, Greek history in general, Mm -hmm. and then, of course, the law. Yeah. with some of the top names in Chicago.
1: Well, and so much of American jurisprudence comes to us from ancient Greece. So some part of that is learning about jury trials and understanding how, how legal and adversarial debate happens. Um, and the audience gets to vote. So you're not just watching this trial on stage. At some point, you have to make up your own mind. So how good are the arguments? Because you will be voting like you might have as a citizen you in Athens. You
0: get to participate. That's my favorite part. We all know the Greeks invented democracy so we can safely say that. Uh, Christina, let's move on to you.
2: Hi, I'm Christina Fakeless adair I will be examining Dr. Peter Angelos. Um, I'm a neutral party, so what I do is help get... As many facts as I can out of the expert witness, um, so each side can then use those facts um, for their presentations and their arguments. Um, this is my, I think, my sixth year as well. Doctor or er, Judge Kokoris is the person that helped me get involved with this. Um, I'm, I'm definitely the youngest member, but I'm, I'm honored to be always part of the trial series.
0: You had so. worked with Judge Kokoris, correct?
2: I had. So has has Tinos. I think we both say that he's the best boss in the entire world.
0: Oh, absolutely, and the sweetest too. I'm sure others on the other side of the bar might not completely see that, but what a fair and wonderful man. I'm glad he's back as well. Okay, the Tinos that you referenced is Tinos Diamantados, who's sitting to your your right, my left. Tinos? Good evening. Tell everybody who you are and who you are representing this year.
3: Good evening. Good evening, Andrea. Thanks for having us. My name is Tinos Diamantados. Um, so I have the privilege of representing the good people of Athens, and we have brought... Uh, Dr. Hippocrates to trial this year and we, along with my trial partner Patrick Collins, are going to be uh, bringing Mr. Hippocrates to trial uh, in light of certain decisions that he made uh, with regard to the King of Thebes in the final few days of the King of Thebes' life and, and some decisions that we feel uh, were improper, and we're going to let the jury decide whether or not they agree with us.
0: And sitting at the uh, the other table across from you is no stranger to Chicago media and the law in Chicago, Mr. Bob Clifford.
4: Good evening. Thank you for having us.
1: Thank you
0: for being
4: you here. You know, it's exciting to participate in these trials. This is uh, my sixth, and uh, once again, I'm representing the innocent, injured physician uh, who's being wrongfully accused of uh, causing the death of the king. You know, it's a sad event, of course, when the world loses a king, but uh, that occurred through no fault of uh, Dr. Hippocrates. As a matter of fact, uh, what the good doctor did was try to accommodate the king's wishes to be healed. Uh, he promised the king that he would give his best efforts, which he did, uh, but uh, but he warned him that, You're, you know, king, uh, this may not work. And, and now what happened is the king, being as grateful as he was, gave Dr. Hippocrates a much-deserved reward for his good efforts. And the king's son has come along, and he wants that treasure trove back. And that's what this is all about. It's the greed of a young fellow who was born on third base and thinks he hit a triple. <laughs>
0: I love it. I absolutely love it. And uh, sitting uh, on the bench this year, again, is Judge Anna Demikopoulos. Thank you so much for being here. Thank you, Andrea. And here we go, Bob Clifford trying to taint that jury pool once Uh, again. I was just going to say, now, you are going to be one of the judges, you and Judge Kokoris, and we have some other very esteemed judges um, on our panel this year. So joining uh, Judge
5: Kokoris and myself will be um, Judge uh, Sharon Johnson-Coleman, also from the Federal District Court here in Chicago and Justice Bauer from the Seventh Circuit, a Court of Appeals here in Chicago. And I think that one of the things that we all enjoy from the bench, of course, we see some of the lawyers every day, but we get to also observe how the reaction from the audience, and we get to appreciate, and the audience gets to appreciate, the great lawyering uh, skills that we see every day. These trials are quite unique because what we see is the interaction between humanity Uh, ethical uh, dilemmas that we have, and it doesn't change. It didn't change from ancient Greece until today. Doctors are still having these ethical dilemmas, and I think the facts in this particular case are going to bear out that the Hippocratic Oath is what Dr. Uh, Hippocrates is going to be charged with violating. And so I think the facts that Christina might be bringing out from the doctor um, that's going to be our expert uh, in this case, is going to raise some factual distri- uh, distinctions and some ethical
0: distinctions that the audience is really going to have
5: to um, evaluate for themselves.
0: I would highly encourage everybody listening, or if if you have not been, to absolutely go. You bring up a very good point, Judge. You get to see you in action, a, a judge and famous attorneys that we we talk about in the news and different cases that you cover. We get to see you in action and it's very rare that anybody will maybe see the inside of a courtroom except for what you see on television. So it's very neat to see all of you in action. Do you have a little bit of fun because you do sometimes either oppose each other or you'll have judgments that you'll have to render against the attorneys? Is it is it kind of fun to be in a setting where it is a little bit lighthearted?
5: it's a lot of fun
4: (laughs) no question about it and one of the real uh, rewarding experiences of this is you know our community is blessed with uh, rich heritage and uh, uh, with the uh, greek community that we have it's uh, the museum is just a a, a place of wonder to see and uh, this event benefits the uh, museum in in ways that makes it available to people in the community to come and study uh, the heritage that has grown up uh, around them and that has been the anchor of uh, our democracy in america
0: it's quite an undertaking it is lord this is the sixth annual that we've had. Um, I've, I've so enjoyed being a, a juror at first, and then moderating it, and kind of stepping back and watching everybody uh, talk about take part in this. But the undertaking is massive, is it not?
1: Well, absolutely. Uh, hurting this many attorneys on stage is one part of it. But uh, we spend all year looking at history, finding a case that's interesting. This is unscripted. So we don't have all of this written. We don't know what's going to happen. I don't know how they're going to argue the Case, our, our resident historian, Dr. Katie Kallidas, researched something that we thought could could really add some rich history. It's been hotly debated for thousands of years, mm-hmm. and now here again, we're going to bring to to light a case that could go any way
0: now tinos and bob you uh were on the same on the same side last year it was the trial of the parthenon marbles which was extremely interesting i didn't even i mean being greek i didn't even know the whole story about the parthenon marbles you were on the opposite you were on the same side and this year you're opposite
4: uh tinos is prosecuting i'm defending yes. and You know, that's one of the fun things and the fortunate things about being a trial lawyer is that uh, good trial lawyers are anchored in the idea that what they're doing is not about them. It's about the people they represent. And and if if Tino's had to uh, prosecute a case, he can do it. If he had to defend a case, he could do it Uh, because he's devoted to the client, and what he's doing is on behalf of that client. And it's almost like you separate yourself from what you have to do in order to either defend, in my case, the, the doctor, or in his case, the state, to, to prosecute the will of the state. Uh, and it's, you know, that's one of the valuable uh, parts of what we're doing uh, by displaying the uh, advocacy skills of, of all these uh, lawyers. Take a Pat Fitzgerald, Patrick Collins. These are, you know, tr- uh, trial lawyers extraordinaire uh, who ran the U.S. Attorney's Office here in Chicago, which is one of the nation's finest. Uh, they're seeing some of the best lawyers at doing their good work.
0: Right. And we wanted to say Patrick Collins was supposed to be here tonight as well. He had a flight delay. He is uh, not going to be with Actually us tonight. gave him the wrong time. Oh, did you? <laughs> <laughs> I already had a flight delay. All right, here we go. Judge? <laughs> I'm not going to comment She's not going to comment on that. We're talking about all the participants of the Trial of Hippocrates. It's all brought to you by the National Hellenic Museum. It's next Wednesday, February 20th from 6.30 until 9 p.m. at the Harris Theater for Music and Dance, 205 East Randolph Drive. We'll continue with our panel here and maybe uh, find out a little bit about what Bob and Tinos have in their Arsenal, or what we have planned, and maybe if the judge is going to give any sort of an idea on how she'll rule, it's all coming up next on 720 WGN. you're looking for something to do next Wednesday, February twentieth, you do not want to miss the sixth annual National Hellenic Museums trial series event. It's the trial of Hippocrates. It's a mock trial. It is so much fun to see how to see all of these these lawyers and the judges in action. If you've never seen anything You've never seen anything like it. So I highly encourage everybody to go. And we're very fortunate to have in our studio some of the biggest names in law in Chicago. Bob Clifford, Judge Anna Demikopoulos, Christina Fakeless, Tinos Diamantatos, and Dr. Laura Calamus from the Hellenic Museum. Uh, What a wonderful undertaking, as we were saying, Dr. Laura. And this year, uh, Christina was telling me a little bit. The topic is different every year. This one obviously centers around Hippocrates because Dr. What is his name, Dr.? Hippocrates. Hi- it's Hi- Hi- it just Hi- Hi- the, father the father of, father of modern, just mother his, mother medicine. That's it. He doesn't have like, it's not Bob Hippocrates. No, or, he's
1: just one like of those one-name one okay. wonders, right? Okay. He's like the,
0: Oprah, yeah, exactly. Hippocrates, yeah. Socrates.
1: He historically is associated with some of the the most important texts in medicine that have helped us to understand scientific inquiry and, and how diagnosis and prognosis informed medical practice and going all the way back to ancient Greece. And this one, and every year
0: it's a different, it's. A different um, defendant. It's a different theme. And Christina, you were saying a little bit. This is very. This is a very relatable topic, especially in this day and age.
2: Right. What I think is interesting and applicable to everyone is that we all may have, unfortunately, end of life type. Decisions to make, whether for ourselves or for our family, and this uh, the attorneys will definitely touch on that during their arguments, and Doctor Angelos as well in terms of how the Hippocratic Oath affects those end of life decisions. And during the trial, what's going to happen is the lawyers, and we're going to
0: get into it a little bit too um, after the news with Tino's and Bob about um, not giving away all their all their secrets and, and all what they have in their arsenal, but a little bit about what their strategy might be as they uh, proceed with the trial of Hippocrates. Um, but again, the undertaking is just massive, getting everybody in the room. How do you, how do you come up with the topics? Do you well, have a, a we group? We spend,
1: no, there's just a, a few of us every year who who spend the summer looking at, at old texts and historical um, parables to see what we might be able to turn into a trial. Uh, our hope this year was to find something medical as well as legal um, because that's uh, of, of interest. I'm actually a practicing nurse myself and this year we will have Um, continuing legal education available for lawyers and continuing nursing education available for nurses so it's a great opportunity to learn about your practice learn about ethics and how it applies not just in the ancient world but in modern life how how decision making is impacted by by uh, real life experiences so here is a king on his deathbed begging for care, and a doctor trying to decide how much do I need to treat this person. Is it over-treatment? I don't know. The, 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 The attorneys will have to argue that case.
0: And that's what we're going to find out as well. More after this on 720 WGN. We are talking with the participants of the National Hellenic Museum's Trial of the Century. I'm calling it the trial. Well, I'm calling it the Trial of the Century. It's the Trial of Hippocrates, the sixth annual of this wonderful series, a mock trial. We want to give you a little bit of background about if you attend, which uh, you should attend. We'll tell you how to get tickets as well. Uh, what you're going to be hearing and what you're, going to be searing, se- what you're going to be seeing during this year's mock trial. Bob Clifford is with me in studio, as is Judge Anna Demikopoulos, uh, Christina Faklis, Tinos Diamantatos, and Dr. Laura Kalamis from the Hellenic Museum who put all of this together. So, Judge, tell us a little bit about what we can expect to see and what Hippocr- the, the charges against Hippocrates. So we've all heard about the
5: Hippocratic Oath, and uh, Dr. Hippocrates is going to be on trial for violating an ethical standard. So it's a civil case, and the Hippocratic Oath that he has charged, it's his own oath that he has created, and, and the oath is that he will help the sick, but never with a view to injure and wrongdoing and so what we're going to be hearing or listening for are the facts and whether or not he violated his own oath so I'm sure that Tinos Mm -hmm. will have a perspective that he did in fact
0: violate his oath. Tinos you are prosecuting Hippocrates.
3: That's right And and what we're gonna ask the the jury to do and we encourage people to come and participate in this process is is putting aside the name that we all know today Hippocrates and how history has treated Hippocrates. We're going to go back in time and we're going to look at this issue and see the decisions that Hippocrates, as a medical professional, made and as, as the good judge said, there's an oath. He's expected to follow it. It's a good oath. And here, this trial is going to raise some significant issues. For example, just because you're rich, just because you're king of Thebes, just because you, you promise certain riches to a doctor, whether it's Hippocrates or somebody fresh out of medical school, that shouldn't sway your professional judgment. And I think those are the issues that we're going to focus on. Uh, in this case, Hippocrates made a series of bad decisions. And, and because of that, he um, He's being brought to trial next week, and we're going to ask the jury to find him liable for his conduct.
0: Okay, and Bob Clifford, you are defending Hippocrates.
4: You know, every uh, health care provider wakes up in the morning just like all of us. They put their pants on one leg at a time, and not a single one of them wakes up and says, you know, I'm going to go do harm today. They go to the court. Uh, Hospitals, they go to their offices and clinics intending to do good deeds and good things for people. And Hippocrates, the father of medicine, terms that we all embrace every day about whether something is chronic, whether something's anemic, whether it's an epidemic, these are the words that this man anchored. And the facts are very clear. You know, one of the things that uh, Tino's kind of conveniently forgets, He has the Mm -hmm. burden of proof to show that Dr. Hippocrates did wrong here. Uh, And that's just not the evidence. The evidence is clear that when Hippocrates went to the king, he told the king, you have these problems. They cannot be solved. I can soothe you. I can try to give you comfort. I can try to make your life uh, easier. And as Christina was, and that's one of the beauties of these trials, as Christina said early on, There's really comparisons between what occurred back in, you know, what, 370 B.C. Yeah, ancient Greece, right? And and what is occurring today with our elderly parents. Uh, There isn't a person within the sound of my voice who hasn't had an experience with a relative who they're at their dying days. And how far will you go to try to save them, give them comfort? But you have to be intellectually honest with them, as the good doctor was and said, King, I can help you out here. I can soothe some of your pain. But this stuff isn't going away.
3: Well, Mr. Clifford's a skilled advocate. I'm still trying to wrap my head around um, the the famous, world-famous trial lawyer that Bob Clifford is actually defending a doctor's conduct here in this case. But as Bob said, the facts are going to be critical next week, and what Hippocrates told the king of Thebes, how the king of Thebes responded to that, those facts, that interchange is going to be central to the issue that the jury's expected to return a verdict on next week. And I think that the prosecution and the plaintiffs here will most certainly meet their burden of proof, Because, frankly, Hippocrates fell down on this one. Uh, He accepted a series of riches from the king, which he should not have done. He didn't tell him the ins and outs of what was going on. He accepted things of value that he shouldn't have. And because of those bad decisions, he put the king in a worse-off place than he was, and he violated his
0: oath.
2: And what is nice about uh, Dr. Angelos, the medical ethics expert, that's going to speak?
0: Who uh, you're going to be bring, who you're going to be interviewing? Correct. Yeah. So I'm going
2: to be asking him questions on behalf of the prosecution and the defense to see, you know, his take on this story. Um, but you know, he's an expert in medical ethics today, um, and so that will be incorporated as well, um, which hopefully will give the audience maybe a little bit more guidance or a few more answers to their questions that they may have about this topic.
0: Now, Judge, you're a, a Fair woman, obviously, on the bench for many years. How do you sit here and, and listen to some of the arguments and not start to form an opinion before the actual trial begins? How do you put all your preconceived notions and your predispositions all in the past and just wipe the slate clean and start fresh?
5: Well, that's what we're supposed to do as judges. And and we've all given, taken an, our oaths that that's what we're going to do. We're going to make our decision based on the facts that we hear. And the evidence that we hear and follow the law that we are given. So what's kind of nice about this particular trial is that most people will only experience a courtroom when something has gone tragically wrong in their own lives, and they don't have to think about what has happened in their own lives until the tragedy happens and then they have to make these decisions. So what's kind of nice about the National Hellenic Museum trial series is that you can go watch this trial series in this particular case. It's a medical ethical issues. All of us have had to deal with these issues in our lives. You will get, the audience will get to participate and they will get to start to go through the thought process of what it actually entails to go through this what did hippocrates have to go through mm-hmm. so what's nice about this they're not going to be in the tragedy they're going to watch yeah. the tragedy yes. but
4: they can relate to the tragedy right. because yes w- one of the things here i said it earlier on ingest that the king the new king what he really is all about here he's, he's he lost his father and and all of the emotion that goes with that and he accused hippocrates of being a thief but not a thief of the riches, as the prosecution would like to claim. They claim that he stole his last days. Well, those weren't ever Hippocrates to give what they were for Hippocrates to try to bring him comfort during those last days. And that's why these guys cannot sustain their burden of proof.
0: Mm-hmm. And there goes Bob Clifford again. I was going to say, Tinos, <laughs> prosecution sure. always gets the uh, last word. Sure. So I- <laughs>
3: So I I will respectfully suggest that there's an answer for that. I'm going to ask folks to... Buy a ticket and uh, go next week. Support the museum, and and you know, to be frank, it is really. And, and I'm I'm saying this aside from having the privilege of participating, myself excluded, you will really get to see some world class lawyering. Uh, the judges, it's a terrific trial series. Is a, a proud Greek American and also somebody who has the benefit of being an attorney here in Chicago. It's really a, a terrific, terrific program that the museum puts on, and I think um, there'll be a great response to Mr. Clifford's point that he just. Raised, stay tuned for next week Wednesday and come see what it is.
0: I think it's, it's wonderful that that this is every it's a yearly event. Um, and I said to Judge Chiampus one year, I said every one or every student should be should have to go to bond court, at least for just a few hours. But I would change that. I would say every student, whether you're law, political science, history, journalism, English, whatever it might be, just spend a day in a courtroom and just watch the process or watch a trial because it's nothing like you see on TV, and you can attest to this too. And to, to to be in a room, and I'm not just saying this, to be in this room with you now and in a room with all of these big names and high-powered attorneys and judges in Chicago that we see on TV or read about in the news, to see you at work is really a joy. And all working together, e- even in, in jest, as and, it might And be. I think that that demonstrates a commitment
5: that we all have to the process and to education, right? That's important. It's very important. Most of us teach trial advocacy some you know some of us are you know adjunct professors we're we're so committed to education that this is just another level that the museum offers as well that we're well
4: it's, it's that and more because i i'm always amazed by the lessons that are learned the takeaways from these trials that if you go back in time to what the greeks were doing and talking about back then and compare them to modern society the intellectual vitality of what that the greek community and society was doing back so long ago is still very upfront and relevant today. And that's one of the best takeaways from all of these exercises.
1: Right. Well, and I'd have to add from the the National Hellenic Museum's point of view, we've been doing trials as field trips for children for years. Mm -hmm. This is an extension for adults to enjoy. But middle schoolers can come any day of the week. Their teachers can uh, can choose one of the trials as a field trip. Uh, Maybe not Hippocrates, but we do put uh, Hercules uh, and his labors on trial. In the field trip, and the children learn about civics, about law, about democracy, about voting, good citizenship, um, and they have a lot of fun doing it. They learn how to argue the case, uh, whether or not he should have killed the Nemean lion or not. So, this is an extension of the kind of a, a, a field trips and tours and, and educational outreach that the National Hellenic Museum does every day. And we are going to tell you how
0: to get tickets and what you have to do uh, to go about doing that, and encourage everybody to next. Wednesday, February 20th to check out The Trial of Hippocrates from 6.30 until 9 at the Harris Theater for Music and Dance. It's at 205 East Randolph. We'll have much more coming up after this on 720 WGN. We're talking about the, the Trial of Hippocrates sponsored by the National Hellenic Museum with Bob Clifford, Judge Anna Demikopoulos, Christina Faklis, Tinos Diamantatos, and Dr. Laura Calamus from the Hellenic Museum all participating in this wonderful trial. And I wanted to ask each of you, uh, before we go, we have about 10 more minutes uh, to wrap up and tell people how they can get tickets. But, Tinos, you've participated for three years, correct? How That's many? Right. How many How many verdicts have you won?
3: So, uh, my the first time I was um, privileged pr- to participate was the trial of the Parthenon Marbles. Things did not go well. We represented the British Museum. I worked with my former colleagues, Pat and Pat. And, uh, Collins
0: and Fitzgerald. Collins yeah.
3: and Fitzgerald, yes. and the jury did not go in our favor, so that's 0-1. And, 1. and <laughs> okay. last year I got to be par- trial partners with Bob Clifford. We fought valiantly to uh, represent Megacles. Uh, the facts were a little bit stacked against us, mm-hmm. and unfortunately Megacles was indeed convicted, as he was in history. Okay. So 0-2. Oh so we're going to turn
0: things around next I week. We're going to turn things around next week. I feel, I feel as though you are. Bob, how Thank many you. how, you've participated in five or six of these?
4: I, I've done them all. You've and, done uh, them all, that's right. <laughs> and, and what I is your, lost yet? your no. Oh you all <laughs> oh, <laughs> oh, I object. That's inaccurate. I, I, no, I just have a mental block about losses. I just <laughs> oh, I, I, right I go. Have, listen, show me a lawyer who claims that he's never <laughs> never lost there a you case go. and I'll show you a lawyer who doesn't try that. Now, <laughs> there that, you go. Okay. However, I think I'm betting a little north of five hundred at the moment. Okay, so you're doing
0: okay. And Judge, do you remember how many how many guilties and not guilty? Guilty verdicts you've rendered. I don't remember how many guilty
5: or not guilty verdicts I've rendered, but I have participated in four out of the six.
0: And last uh, year was the by Marth- the Parthenon Marbles. No, last year was Megacles.
5: Oh, last year was Megacles. The year I, before was Parthenon yeah. Marbles. So last year I think I did find him guilty. Uh, I did return the marbles to the museum, and I then did too. I. Did uh, convict Socrates the first year, which
0: was. That did not sit well with your family, did it? No, and some of my. (laughs) Yeah, but uh, we spared
4: him the hemlock. I did did. did
0: spare (laughs) him. I did spare him. (laughs) Christmas was very difficult at the judge's house that year.
2: (laughs) And Christina, you've been in how many of these now? You were a bailiff one year, right? So I was fortunate enough, Judge Kokoris. I was his extern when all of this started with the museum six years ago. So I've been helping out um, since day one. I was a bailiff for a long time when I was in law school, and that's where I wanted to plug. If you if you're a parent and you think your child might be interested in the law, this is a great opportunity on a Wednesday night. Maybe it's a school night, but for them to come and see uh, some the, the greatest of Chicago. Uh, show their skills, and, and that might be something that will propel them into the, a legal career, which I, I highly recommend. Um, but ever since then, last year I put on the expert witness um, neutral party, so I can so say So you're neutral, okay. Neutral. So you, don't, do you,
0: don't, you truly don't vote, do you? I don't vote.
2: and You don't um, try and stick a little chip in there?
0: There's the blue and the white chips? You don't try and
2: No, but maybe vote? this year I will. And, uh, and this year I'm also neutral, so I will be putting on uh, Dr. Angelos. Okay, very good. And I think what's important too, Andrea, is that
5: the jurors vote here right so the yes. audience is going to be voting yes the
2: the juror, there's a panel
0: of 12 correct and then we have the audience as well so there's right. two separate two separate votes plus the judges vote and do you know how many jurors there used to be in ancient athens i'm going to guess 14
5: 500 really there were does anybody 500 know jurors? why we had 500 jurors in ancient Athens? Why? Because it was unlikely that somebody would be able to bribe 500 <sighs> people. So in ancient Athens, there were 500 jurors.
0: I did not know that. You know, that doesn't say a lot. No. I mean, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, exactly right. So they, there they were 500, 500 jurors, but we yep. have we have 12 this year. I know Anna DeVlantis was a juror one year. I was a juror one year, and yep. we always have a, a wonderful panel of local uh, experts to be our jury.
1: We do. Uh, we have uh, 12 jurors on stage. Uh, Dean... Darby Dickerson, uh, John law, uh, John Marshall Law School will be there, uh, which is a reminder that student tickets are available, not just for law students, but for others. We'll have Dean Terry Weaver of the UIC College of Nursing coming as well, uh, and a number of others uh, to represent the field. Um, and of course, the entire audience gets to vote. We will, we will uh, allow every person to vote guilty or not guilty for Hippocrates, so you can be swayed um by and they these really gentlemen get into on it. the it. Oh yeah, I love
0: being in the audience. And so.
1: that we'll put it right into a scale and you'll see the scales tip. So uh, you'll be able to influence the, the, the voting for um our Dr. Hippocrates. So does the, the moderator evening. get to vote? I don't think I voted. Oh, no, Maybe I did this vote last year. We should this should year.
0: Vote. I think we yeah, should vote, yeah, yeah don't you? Uh, I think we should. at least we'll we'll be one of the 500-plus voting from the audience then. Laura, how can people get tickets? Uh, Where can they go? And again, I highly encourage everybody to check this out. It's a lot of fun.
1: You can get tickets from the National Hellenic Museum website, uh, or you can go to harristheaterchicago.org to buy tickets. Uh, This has been such a popular event. We've had to expand into larger and larger venues every year. Uh, So we're excited to be at the Harris Theater in Millennium Park this year, parking right on spot. Uh, so get your tickets now it's it really will be a, a great event but uh, the box office at harris theater is a great way to get yourself
0: there well excellent again it's wednesday february 20th from six thirty until 9 at the harris theater for music and dance it's 205 east randolph thank you so much for all thank being you. here and thank for all you. the prep you, that you Andrea. put into this any final thoughts I'm asking Bob and Tinos. So maybe I should not. <laughs>
3: Hippocr- Hippocrates, is, hi- Hippocrates is guilty, and we're confident the jury's going to
0: find him <laughs> that
4: and way and next and week. Come and join the excitement and watch justice prevail. <laughs> right. when- Dr. Hippocrates walks out a free man.
0: (laughs) Thank you all again for being here. Thank you. More after this on 720 WGN. Coming up after the news, we will talk to Bella Gandhi, the fairy godmother of dating. Valentine's Day is just a couple of days away. She has some great tips for you, uh, whether you're married, single, or on the prowl. So that's coming up after 9. And after 9.30, we will talk to one of the heads of the Chicago Auto Show. The Auto Show is going on now. Don, have you been to the Auto Show yet? I have not yet, no. You have to go. They have this new souped-up car. It's supposed to be the fastest car. It's this Cobra S500. Whoa. Is what it's called by Ford. It is super cool. We're going to talk to uh, to our friends from the auto show about that after 9.30.
1: Anything with a snake name seems very different.
0: Right? I know. And there's a whole section of Corvettes. I don't know if that's your thing or not.
1: Yeah. I always like the look of a good Corvette. These, the body on
2: those is really, really nice.
0: These vintage Corvettes are awesome. Ashley Byhan is producing for us tonight. Are you going to the auto show, Ashley? Ashley, thumbs up, thumbs down.
2: Oh. Oh, definitely. I'm gone.
0: You have to. It is so cool. I want to see you, because you're tiny and petite and adorable. You can fit in this the smallest concept car I've ever seen. It's pink. And you know those uh, teeny tiny... Don, what are those real small cars? Not the Mini Coupes, but they're just... They have them in Europe a lot. The one-seaters? The smart cars? Yeah. This is small. This is like a, a almost a big wheel it's so oh, small know, exactly. oh, man. you know what i'm talking yeah, about yeah. i tried to fit in there i couldn't get my left leg into it but <laughs> it was fun i know right what i don't do for for tv right, <laughs> right. what i don't do for the team it's responsible so bell is coming up uh after the news we'll find out if you guys celebrate valentine's day what you're planning to do as well maybe give some prizes away as well but